average how many females most med spas see for every single male patient. You heard this, so you should remember it. I've probably heard he it. He did not pay I attention don't. to my presentation. It really did set up an environment that wasn't very comfortable for a guy. That's what a lot of places are struggling with. The impacts of PTSD on, on sexual performance. We talk about men, but it's males and females. My heart's like racing when he says it. Vagicadabra. That's pretty good. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Beauty and the Brain, the podcast where we discuss all things aesthetic. I'm your co-host, Dr. Chris Crowley. And I'm Jerry Drinkard, family nurse practitioner, and together Chris and I own Skin and Tonic Med Spa located in Pace, Florida. Yeah, we um, always uh, have a lot of fun doing these podcasts, uh, but today, today in particular, we have a subject that really is kind of... Um, you know, near and dear to both of us. We, we are really passionate about expanding our services to our male population. And we know that when we started this, um, almost all of our clients were females. And eventually we had some male patients come in, but they were usually friends or families um, of our female clients. And so um, over the years, we've really tried to delve into and look at what bothers men the most and how do we get them into our practice. And I think, I think the other thing is making them feel welcome in a predominantly female um, field or practice. You know, when we were, um, we were previously in Chicago and it was a, a little, little different culture there and we had a predominantly male clientele there just because of the circle we were in. And then here, we've, it's been a challenge getting guys in the door. And so it's certainly, um, if it's a challenge for us, I'm sure it's a challenge for, for other practices, but we also want our guys to feel, feel welcome and know that like, we all need treatment, right? So I think there's a lot of myths and misconceptions about guys um, either wanting aesthetic treatments or where they can get those aesthetic treatments. And if the pro providers know how to tailor a treatment, towards the male clientele. We did have a, a large male clientele in Chicago, but again, that was um, really because of our circle of friends and where our referral base uh, was coming from. Um, but when we moved here, I think what we see in our practice really is consistent with what a lot of medical spas um, see nationwide. So, uh, you know, we were uh, recently at Aesthetic Next in Dallas, and I had the, you know, privilege of uh, doing a presentation on post-traumatic stress disorder and erectile dysfunction. And I thought, wow, this is a really difficult topic and how am I gonna make this relevant to med spas? And we do a lot of erectile dysfunction uh, treatment in our practice. Um, we try to not focus on the dysfunction part of this because so many guys are even you know, leery to use that word, it shuts them down. But interesting enough, when preparing for that, do you know on average how many females most med spas see for every single male patient. You heard this, so you should remember it. I've probably heard he it. He did not pay I attention don't. to my presentation. Four? Seven. <laughs> so on average, we see seven females for every male patient that gets through the door. Or that's med spas in general. Now, clearly, if you're changing your marketing or um, you know trying to somehow reach out to those male clients, tell your numbers may look a little different. And in fact, ours look slightly different now. We've been able to really kind of uh, increase our services for that population. But I found it interesting that, you know, that's what a lot of places are struggling with. So the next thing that, that kind of led us down this pathway was what are men concerned with as they age? And this was like, I don't know why it's shocking, but this number was really shocking to me. 
So there's their top two concerns. Do you know what they are? Sexual performance and cancer. Yes, he did listen to something. <laughs> he probably had to hear me prepare for this for, for weeks. And, and so he should know these stats like off the top of his head. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, there's, there's several surveys out there, but one that I found interesting, there was a survey and it was from uh, Cleveland Clinic, but they looked at, um, you know, this male clientele or male patients over 20 and asked their top two concerns. And it was cancer and really right there, behind cancer was sexual performance. And that breaks down into a whole lot of different um, categories from you know people being concerned is it their testosterone to actually having some kind of other health problem that's contributing to this. But the you know interesting thing was that uh, hypertension, diabetes, obesity, all that stuff fell way down on the list. And so if you know that most men as they age are concerned with not getting cancer and being able to perform sexually, and we're looking at ways to increase service off offerings in our practice, it should make sense that we need to be addressing sexual performance in some manner. Right. Why don't you talk about this and one of the procedures that we've actually trademarked and developed and, and what we offer for men in our practice. We tend to see a, a lot of guys that want to focus on performance improvement. And so we've found that people were kind of put off by erectile dysfunction and didn't want to say that they had a dysfunction in general. So we trademarked the performance P wave and it's a combination therapy and it uses sound wave device um, that sends sound waves into the penis to cause vasodilation and, and in combination with a PRP therapy as well. And we um, put the patient on a at-home pump regimen. Um, we use some supplements, some exercises, changes in lifestyles, um, and things like that. And we've had some really good results from this. And you know, it's, it's like I said, it's a minimally invasive. I think the the first visit's a little bit uncomfortable for. Um, for guys because females go to have routine OB appointments and as males, we don't typically do that. And so um, we don't have those uncomfortable visits. So after getting that first visit out of the way and they develop a form of trust with us, then they're a lot more comfortable, especially when they realize that there's help that can be, that they can get. Yeah, I think it was, um, you know, again, more observational and kind of interesting than anything, but when we first were offering these procedures, like initially many years ago, when we learned to do these procedures, we actually said we're not going to do them. We weren't even going to offer anything below the neck. Yeah, nothing below the neck. We're not for males, females, period. And then, um, you know, gradually we added the service and we had high patient satisfaction, but still our men patients were coming to us with, through their wife, their girlfriend, their significant other, they were saying they have some issue and we know you guys do this, will you help them? So we changed our marketing a little bit and worked a lot on the environment that we've created at Skin and Tonic. Why don't you tell people, because a lot of people know us now, but they don't know where we were a few years ago and um, our practice location. And, and why don't you comment on that and how that's changed the way that we uh, try to make male patients comfortable in our practice. Well, before we were, um, you know, when we first started, we were in a salon suite type setting. It just wasn't, um, it wasn't real conducive to privacy for one. Um, it was predominantly female driven businesses. It was nail technicians and um, 
eyelash extensions and hairdressers. And so it really did set up an environment that wasn't very comfortable for a guy. And so I think when we moved to a, a more intimate setting, there's a lot more privacy offered. Um, and guys, they feel comfortable where we are now. Well, I think I was also thinking like, um, so we, we were in that and then we kind of partnered with another business and uh, the Permanent Makeup Center, we're still in there with Trinket. Mm -hmm. But initially we were in a small building that literally, you know, the, the signage, the color, the decor, everything was tailored towards a female clientele. Mm -hmm. And we saw that some of our men patients, they were a little bit embarrassed to come in there. They, they thought, is someone gonna think I'm here for permanent makeup? And they would wanna come after hours or can we go through a back door or something where people didn't see them. And so we were really focused on that as we were thinking about our patient experience as they come through our, our practice now at Skin and Tonic. So from the time they come in, we try to minimize the time you know, that they're in the waiting room. We get them into a private treatment room. We know that, um, you know, all of our staff have been trained on uh, handling sensitive conversations. We make sure that, um, you know, nothing is off limits or taboo. So if they wanna talk to us about something and it's a, especially around their sexual health, we want them to know that we're gonna keep their confidence, that that's not gonna be shared with anybody else, that we're gonna provide them with a private uh, environment to discuss that. and. We offer a lot of other treatments for male clients. So IV therapies, neurotoxins, fillers, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's not then so obvious that um, they're aware that when they come into practice, somebody think that they're only there for sexual health procedures. So we had to think about a lot of that when we were designing like the throughput of our practice. And I also think that it, it helps these guys to know some of the statistics that, you know, we certainly don't want it to be a numbers game or to, to generalize um, any of this, but whenever they realize that they're, they're not by themselves, they're, this is not a journey that they're the only person that this is being affected, that they're the only person being affected by this. And they realize, you know, that in your 40s, about 40% of men have had some type of episode with um, erectile dysfunction in 50s, 50%, and it continues to, to go as the age increases, but it's not always age. Well, I think that was one of the things that, you know, how we kind of stumbled upon this whole subgroup of PTSD and erectile dysfunction. And um, you and I have kind of had a, um, you know, a vision of even establishing some way to help these guys through nonprofit organizations or some other way, because what we identified was there were younger patients that were coming in with issues that were not being addressed. And they were getting great results with some of the treatments, but we didn't fully understand why. I didn't understand why, because they would tell us, uh, you know, we would do one um, P wave, and so that's the sound wave treatment device. And we use a device from Emergent MedTech, it's called a, um, a Zimmer Z wave. And so we use that device, and they would come back and they would say, Well, we had a great result after one treatment. And we're like, hmm. From a mechanism standpoint, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would that work so quickly? And one of the things that we kind of anecdotally looking back recognized was that a lot of these guys had PTSD as an underlying diagnosis. And we looked a bit further, it made sense, but we're in a large military community here in Pensacola. And when you look at the statistics, there's a lot of different studies from actually different military services around the world. But we know that a lot of our military members, if they have been deployed and they have been in some sort of traumatic situation, they can experience sexual performance issues at a rate three to four times more than that same age group in, in the civilian population. 
And so I think that's why we were seeing them. So it was, it was just, that explains the younger people that are coming in. It does. And, and you know, I think my um, eyes were really open to it on one of our previous podcast episodes when we had Sherry Herndon on here as a sex therapist. And, and you can go back and watch that, but she kind of dove into a little about the, um, the impacts of PTSD on, on sexual performance. And, and we talk about men, but it's males and females. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, males have to perform, you know, where females can kind of camouflage some of it. But, you know, it's that break in trust that's often um, altered during an episode of PTSD or um, some of these traumatic events. And if you can help to repair some of that trust and confidence in these guys, then it's truly life changing. Yeah. And and Sherry certainly is an expert in this area and um, uh, one of our, you know, great friends and also one of our favorite guests that we've had so far on the podcast. Um, uh, definitely it was eye-opening for me to hear her insights on how she manages these patients with counseling. One of the things though, so we do offer this procedure and clearly we've kind of specialized in this and we do enough of it that we went to the trouble of even trademarking our own procedure for, for uh, the performance P-Way for sexual performance issues in males. But we offer a number of other procedures as well. So Botox, we use that or Dysport, uh, ZMN. We do use all that in the in the penis, right? And so we use that for erectile dysfunction, for penile lengthening. But we also have a number of other male treatments. So one of the things that I would like our potential male clients or people that are seeing us now to understand is it's not just about you know sexual performance. We do have a big practice on that and that's where a large part of our male patients come. But we also do a lot of aesthetic treatments for males. Yeah, 50 is the new 30. Like, yeah. you know, people are living longer, looking better, and and guys want to look good as well as the females. And we've seen it for years where a guy will come in with his wife and, you know, he'll say he doesn't really have a skincare routine, but then she'll say that he uses her night cream or he can tell you more about the night creams than she can oftentimes. And so um, so it is truly a concern for, for male patients, but it's often kind of taboo for a guy to even consider going into this realm. But the fun thing is once they start, they also don't mind talking about it. Yeah. Now, is is your approach to the male patient different than that to your female patient? I don't know that my approach is necessarily different, but my treatment is different. My consults all start basically the same with male and female, but they're certainly treated differently. And I think it's really important to know patient goals. I'll use this as an example and we'll kind of move on, but we were in a training in Orlando and we had one of our students that she, was in the process of transitioning and didn't want treatment because was fearful that it would feminize her face. And so um, you truly have to- So when you talk about transitioning, you mean from female to male? You probably used the wrong pronouns because she was, um, he was transitioning female to male. Okay. And was on hormone replacement and was fearful that um, it was a neuromodulator class and was fearful that getting this Botox or Dysport, whatever we were using at the time, was gonna feminize his face. And so I think that that's very important to know your patient's goals starting out. And so a lot of these guys, you know, they're not gonna come out wanting, most of them wanting big lips or something to really feminize their face. But what they do want is just to to look well rested, especially like all these Zoom meetings during 
um, COVID has really, you know, made people hyper-focused on their face because it's right there on the screen. So my approach to them is the same as with females. My treatment's much different. Yeah, I think that that's important for people to realize that, the, and I agree with you, my approach, my consultation looks very similar um, because the way that we talk to patients, evaluate patients, um, we actually uh, teach classes on how to do a proper consult and how you listen to them and their concerns. But I think it's important for the male patients to know out there that their uh, providers have training specifically on male features. So we know, for instance, that males typically have wider jaw lines, right? And so when we look at the distance between their cheeks and the corners of their jaw, it's a little more boxy. That's almost lined up with males, whereas females, it's more like this upside down V. So there are ways with our treatment plan that if you're not going to someone who treats a lot of male patients, that they can make you more feminine. That if you if we bring that cheek out a little too far and uh, don't do the, you know or reduce the jawline in some way, it can make you look more feminine and, and vice versa. We can or make, extremely arched brows like yeah. I have right now. <laughs> His aren't and, and he um, he he's self treated, which we don't recommend, and I'm definitely a frown upon. But instead of waiting for me to be home, he did his own Botox and he's got a little bit of a brow arch. Chris or Allie will fix me this week. Yeah, we'll fix him this week. But um, I, I think that's important to know how we place the, the injection sites. The number of units are a little bit different to get the longevity. But there are just certain male features. The jawline's a little bit wider. The chin is a little bit more square, not as pointy. The lips are a little bit wider, but not as full in the middle. And so, you know, you really got to talk to your patient about augmenting or enhancing their natural features making sure that we're you know, respecting um, the look that they wanna achieve and that, that we know and that we have the training to put the products in the right places to get that look. Some of the treatments that I think um, that are the same for male and female patients, and they're often overlooked, especially with our new patients that are coming into the clinic that just aren't, aren't really aware of what all is available or the collagen stimulating treatments. And I think it's important for, for everyone, male, female, Regardless of, of race, I personally try to do some type of collagen stimulating treatment once a quarter. It just kind of keeps me on track. So whether one of the energy-based devices, a chemical pill, microneedling, all of those things are, you know, things that we can do for collagen stimulation. And I think it's really important. And it kind of keeps people from just chasing lines and gives you just a, a overall better skin quality. Yeah. And talk about all these things. Really, I think men are, many of them, are embarrassed to either ask about them or talk about them because it's almost like a challenge to their masculinity. Like they're having to somehow say something, I don't like something about myself, something's not quite right and I wanna change it or augment it or enhance it. Um, but what we know is that many, many people have these similar concerns, whether they express them or not. And once they find a provider they're comfortable with and that they can trust and they come up with a plan, then they're all about getting the procedures. So one of the things that you know, I find that guys make jokes about really often, but they actually kind of like some of the permanent makeup options. And so when we look at things like, uh, you know, guy liner, it's eyeliner for guys, but it's not to make them look like they have eye makeup on, it's really to kind of help their eyes pop. So it's right. such a thin line right in the lash line that you don't really even tell it's there, but it's a permanent tattoo right at the lash line and it just helps their eyes pop a little bit. Um, and most people would never know that guys had that, um, but they're embarrassed to ask for eyeliner tattoo. 
So, you know, even the terminology, how you refer to it, if it's something like guyliner, they're going to be more apt to discuss these things with you rather than coming in and asking for an eyeliner tattoo. Yeah, it's like our, our performance treatments. Um, you know, I think the presentation for the for the patient and to make the patient feel the most comfortable and to know that there are um, things out there specifically for our, our male clientele. And I, I, I like to talk about this kid. He was um, probably one of my favorite patients I've treated since I started. And his mom was a patient of ours. He was 15 years old, was battling just horrible acne and um, tons of allergies and was just having a heck of a time at school because of it. And so she brought him in and we started doing some chemical pills and then we started doing some air lace treatment for acne. And he got pretty clear and then he got to the point that this 16 year old kid at this point would text me and say, hey, Mr. Jerry, will you please call mama and tell her it's time for me to come in for a treatment. So that's uh, that's one of those things like I love that he started his journey at that age. And so now he was as comfortable coming into the clinic. You know, and so if you can take a kid this that age, and, and that's an awkward age for anybody, um, and put him in this setting, and he realizes that something's going to help him long term, then I don't think there's any reason that older guys can't. Right, and even when we look at that, right? I mean, that's not anything injectable or anything. That's helping someone with uh, you know acne and help prevent scarring and some sort of treatments to get them on a good skincare regimen, so they don't have to deal with these other things later on when they get to, to our age. I want to. Uh, talk just a little bit about um, how we came up with the name Performance P-Wave. So you mentioned about us uh, having that procedure and the naming being important. It's kind of an uh, interesting story because neither one of us really planned this. We had um, talked about procedures in the past that we kind of thought were um, a good idea to trademark the name. Jerry comes up with really crazy names like such crazy names that I'm like, we probably can't even say them on the podcast. But um, Every now and then I'll slide one by. Yeah, every now and then he'll get one by and I, my heart's like racing when he says it. Vagicadabra. Yeah, that one. That's I pretty went, good. Yeah, that one I went with. But um, over the years, Jerry has had all sorts of uh, naming ideas that, that didn't stick. So when we did performance P-Wave, it was really kind of uh, unintentional. Nothing that was planned. We have worked with um, Emergent MedTech and used the, the Zimmer Z-Wave that we talked about earlier for a while for these treatments, but we would abbreviate it on the schedule as P-Wave just so we knew, like uh, penis wave. And so we'd put the P in there so we would know how long it needed to be reserved, the machine, for treatment purposes. And one day, um, one of the reps asked, have you trademarked that name? And we hadn't, but of course we said we had, and I thought, oh, I better call the trademark attorney right away. So I call him and he's like, well, that, you know, is too close to the device name and there's other things, you know, out there. But if you put some other word with it, and that's when we um, added performance P-Wave. And that it was really uh, interesting because people find it way easier. We, so we didn't plan this, but now we look back and it's so much easier for our guys that are having some sort of issue to talk to us about, I wanna to talk to you about the performance P-Wave. I wanna to talk to you about that performance procedure that you offer. From that point forward, the process is the same. We still do the same medical evaluation. We still look at their medical conditions. We still look at optimizing things that we can reverse. We do um, a sexual dysfunction uh, survey score so we get a baseline and we can determine the appropriate treatment. And then we decide, do they need this P-Wave device alone 
Are we gonna combine that with PRP therapies, do both of those? Are we gonna add some neurotoxin? All that medical assessment from that point forward is the same, but it's that name that has made it comfortable for guys to actually come in and talk to us. Yeah, so if you're out there and have any concerns, whether cosmetic concerns, um, aesthetic concerns, acne concerns, skin concerns, general aging concerns, performance concerns certainly, then um, there's always tons of options that, that we have available at Skin and Tonic and our guys are welcome. Um, we have, you know, wives constantly refer and pay their, their husbands, but we'd like to, for the guys to feel comfortable to come in on their own. Yeah, I guess that means he's tired of this episode and he's ready to close us out. So we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Go check out performancepwave.com if you want more information on the Performance P-Wave. Until next week, where we'll see you again on another episode of Beauty and the Brain. We hope you guys have a productive, fun.